Well, good morning. So glad you could join us this morning online. Um, if this is your first time, um, welcome. And, and uh, I hope that, uh, that you get to know us. If, if this is your first time, we'd like to get to know you. Um, there's a, if you're on our website watching, there's a communication card button at the top. And we would love to, to get to know you, to reach out to you. Um, you can uh, fill that out, and we'll definitely reach out to you this week. Um, welcome. Well, we're, we're going through a study through the book of Colossians. We're reaching... Uh, nearing the end of it, uh, this is a letter that Paul wrote to the church in Colossae while he was imprisoned in Rome to encourage them and to um, give them direction. They were a group that he never got to meet before that. This was a group that another disciple of his who came to know the Lord, probably in Ephesus, then brought the gospel to those in Colossae and as a result, they came to know Jesus Christ, and, and Paul's excited about that. We've gotten to see his encouragement throughout this letter as he's speaking to those in Colossae. God's certainly using that to speak to us here in Kyle at Hope Church. Um, boy, as I'm getting into this next section, I'm realizing we have a job to do. As a church, Hope Church, we have a job to do. We have a mission that we have been given, and that hasn't changed as we've been isolated, stuck in quarantine, uh, away from those, our neighbors, away from people around us. That, that mission hasn't changed. It's still a job that we have to be a part of that God has given us. That mission is the same mission that Christ had when he came to the earth. The, the mission of Christ is a mission of love. is a mission to bring life, to bring light into darkness. It's a mission that his father gave him, and now he has passed on to us who have put on Christ, just as we've been discussing in the book of Colossians what it means to have Christ in us, for us to be in Christ, to put on Christ. Now we've also, as those who are following Christ, have taken on the mission of Christ. That is for every one of us. And in this time, that hasn't changed. What is the mission of Christ? In 1 Timothy 1.15, when Paul is writing to Timothy, he says, the saying is trustworthy and deserving of full acceptance that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners. That is the mission of Christ. That's why he came into the world, to save sinners. And Paul adds, of whom I am the foremost. That, that's really the perspective that each of us can take into this mission is that I am one who has been saved from my sin. I am the greatest sinner that I know. And I have been saved, and just as Christ has saved me, I know he can save you. And so we carry on the mission of Christ then, working through us to bring the gospel, the good news of salvation through Jesus Christ to those around us. That's the mission that we have. As we're reaching the end of this letter, Paul has uh, in such an incredible way, described what we have in Christ. 
He, he has encouraged those in Colossae to say, I'm praying for you, that, that you would walk worthy of the Lord. He described just the glory and riches that we have in Christ and what Christ accomplished on the cross for us. What it means to put on Christ, to live in Christ. So now as, as we're reaching the end of this chapter, he's giving an exhortation. He's giving direction. And this morning, as we're looking at this direction, I'd, I'd like to look at it in the terms that Paul often uses to speak of us in this mission that we have, to describe uh, the calling that we have and the role that we have as, as a soldier. He says, you are soldiers. He, he speaks of those who are following and a part of the mission of Christ as soldiers. You are, in, in all seriousness, you are a soldier of Christ Jesus. If you have put your faith in him and you are following him, you are joined into the mission of Christ Jesus and you are a soldier engaging in battle. It's important to realize that battle is not against the people that are around us. No, it's a spiritual battle, but you are a soldier and the mission that you are on is a rescue mission. It's a mission to bring life and light into darkness, just as Christ did when he entered this world. So as we're looking at this passage in Colossians, this is an exhortation to us, soldiers of Christ Jesus. Let's read, uh, starting in chapter 4, starting in verse 2. He says, Continue steadfastly in prayer, being watchful in it with thanksgiving, At the same time, pray also for us that God may open to us a door for the word to declare the mystery of Christ on account of which I am in prison, that I may make it clear, which is how I ought to speak. Walk in wisdom toward outsiders, making the best use of the time. Let your speech always be gracious, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how you ought to answer each person. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for giving Paul this word to the Colossians so that even now as us in Hope Church, we can take that same exhortation, same direction. God, thank you for including us in in the work that you're doing. Thank you that even being isolated in our homes, as we'll find in this passage, does not isolate us from the mission but we can be and we're called to be just as much a part of it, even now. So God, I pray that you would direct us with your word this morning. It's in Jesus' name we pray, amen. So he starts, continue steadfastly in prayer, being watchful in it with thanksgiving. Soldier of Christ Jesus. What he's telling us here is to take our position. Take your position. Am I positioned for the work of the mission that God has given me to be a part of? Continue steadfastly in prayer, being watchful in it with thanksgiving. Those three things are vitally important before we can even engage in the mission. 
to be a part of it, to be effective in it. That needs to be where we place ourselves. Steadfastly in prayer. Are you positioning yourself to be someone who prays? And not just prays, but is, could be said as steadfast in prayer, continuing day after day, week after week, to be engaged in prayer. We have to understand that this battle is a spiritual battle. Prayer is vital. And if we're not organizing our life in such a way, or, or placing those times within our life that we intentionally are putting aside to pray, we're not positioning ourselves to be engaged in the battle. This is a time to consider in my life, in our lives, church, what does our week look like? We should, along with everything else, we said, oh, we should have all this time now to do all these things we wanted to do. We're stuck at home. This is an important thing, that we can look at the structure of our week and have discipline in making sure that there is a time that we get on our knees in prayer, positioning ourselves to be steadfast in prayer. He says, be watchful in it. This is, as a soldier on the battlefield, is a a soldier going to be preoccupied with a whole bunch of other things than what is going on, what what he is there to do. If he's entrenched, ready to go to battle, he's going to be watchful of the things that are going on around him that are specific to the calling and purpose that he's there. Are you watching? Are you intentionally watching, knowing that there is a battle? Are you seeing the news through the eyes of a sovereign God at work? Are you seeing the hurt of people through the eyes of Jesus who wants to meet their need? Are you seeing what's going on around you through the purpose of the mission that is to reach the lost with the love of Jesus Christ? Do you have eyes to see? Are you being intentional in that? And finally, we've covered this already. This is throughout Scripture. Jesus himself saying it. Paul teaching it. Be thankful. What is our attitude in the midst of the battle? What is our attitude as we go to the Lord in prayer? Are we defeated in our attitude? Are we ungrateful in our attitude, are, are we uh, just complaining about difficulty of our circumstance? See, when, when that's our attitude, we're not operating in faith. We're not operating trusting what God is doing in, what, in what's around us. See, Paul talks of himself as a prisoner of the Lord, for the Lord. His, even his imprisonment he sees as the purpose of God being worked out in his life as a soldier for Jesus Christ. That is his assignment. Are we able to see our current circumstance and trust that God is in it and he has a purpose in it as part of the mission he has called us to? And because of that, we can be thankful. Are we thankful in our hearts no matter what the circumstance because we know we're in the care of our loving Father, the direction of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Position. Take your position. Turn with me to 2 Timothy, chapter 2, starting in verse 3. 
Paul is writing this letter to an individual, to Timothy. It's a little bit different in the way that it's written because it's to someone who's definitely engaged in the battle. And he says to Timothy, share in the sufferings, share in suffering as a good soldier of Christ Jesus. No soldier gets entangled in civilian pursuits since his aim is to please the one who enlisted him. Do you hear that? No soldier gets entangled in civilian pursuits since his aim is to please the one who enlisted him. Do you see how that applies to my life in Christ? What are the pursuits of my life? Am I so engaged in pursuits that are not a part of the mission that that my mind and focus is so completely there that, that I'm missing the purpose? that Christ has called me to, the one who has enlisted me into his service. Does it mean that that we should all quit our jobs and just do full-time ministry? No, not at all. For many years of my life, I I was a software engineer, I was an uh, enterprise architect, software. That, That was my world. And I grew in that time to understand that my perspective of even my job works into this passage. Why are you at your job? Why has God put you there? It is a part of the mission. You are on assignment. Just as Paul could say, I am a prisoner for the Lord. You can say, I am an engineer for the Lord. I, I, I am a, a business owner for the Lord. I'm running a checkout register for the Lord. I'm managing a part of a store for the Lord. I am a janitor for the Lord. I, what, what is it that God has given you to do? Or perhaps like so many right now, you have lost your job. You can say, I am uh, I'm without a job for the Lord. Do you realize as one of his soldiers, wherever you are, wherever he has put you and placed you, you are there on assignment for the mission. Don't get so caught up in, in say, what he would say, civilian pursuits, pursuits outside of what the mission is, that we lose that watchfulness and focus on the mission. You know, another part of positioning ourselves to be engaged in the mission is to not let sin rule in our hearts. See, what happens when when we allow sin into our lives? Well, those three things about taking position, do they work out? No, they all get destroyed. Am I in a position to be effective in prayer if, if I'm allowing sin in? I don't know if you've noticed, but when you allow sin into your life, it destroys your prayer life. You're no longer engaging in the battle in prayer. How about watchfulness? Where's your attention when you're, when you're caught up in sin. No, your attention isn't on the mission. It isn't on what Christ is doing around you. Your attention gets caught up in that sin. It, it's, you're distracted from the mission. What about a heart of thankfulness? Inevitably, when we engage in sin, our focus comes inward. We start feeling sorry for ourselves. We start feeling selfish uh, pity and and. We just get wrapped up in what we don't have instead of being thankful for what we do have. What if you're in that place right now? We all deal with sin still. 
And I encourage you this week, if that's a place that you've been struggling, to go to the first chapter of 1 John. It's not John, it's 1 John. It's towards the end of the Bible. And as you go through that, let, let the motivation of Christ just stir in your heart. Say, I want to walk in the light. I want to be in fellowship with God to be effective for his purposes. I want to enjoy that fellowship with God. I don't want whatever that sin is. And then to just take in the promise at the end of that chapter. In 1 John 1, 9, that if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness, to bring us back. There is never a point in time where we have gotten so far away that we can't come back into fellowship and be an effective soldier for Jesus Christ. And if the enemy is saying, who are you to think that you can engage in the battle? Say, I am nobody, but Christ is everything, and he has saved me and washed me clean. That's why we can engage in the battle. So position yourself to be a part of the mission, soldier. Having positioned yourself, secondly, make your requests. You positioned yourself to pray, now pray. Look at this, starting in verse 3. At the same time, Paul says, pray also for us. He says, pray for us that God may open to us a door for the word to declare the mystery of Christ on account of which I am in prison, that I may make it clear which is how I ought to speak. See, Paul says, I need prayer. Paul recognizes even in himself, the apostle Paul, he is in a spiritual battle and what he needs, vitally needs, he asks this over and over again. We see this again in the, the end of Ephesians in that letter. He says, pray for me. I want you to be ready and engaged and, and, and in the battle and ready to pray and now pray for me. He says, I need that. And you know from this letter that he is praying for them. He is struggling for them. How, how can Paul, stuck in prison, be struggling? As he says, with all the energy that Christ has put in me, I'm struggling for this, that you would grow in Christ, that you would be strong in Christ. I'm struggling for you. How is he doing that from that distance? He's doing that in prayer primarily, on his knees. That's what we're supposed to do for each other. Pray. Lift each other up. Pray for what? Pray for an open door. He says, pray also for us that God may open to us a door for the word. You know, back in, in Greek, Hellenistic times, culturally, that, that figure of speech to say open a door, it, it, did, it meant, as we normally take it today, that it's, it's opening a path that I can take, a place that I can go. And, and a door was open for me here, a door was open for me there. And sometimes as Christians, we take it kind of in the sense that is the full Greek understanding of that. And as we follow God, God's going to create these easy paths for me to follow and, and I'm just waiting for him to make it easy and I'm going to just go that way. That's not actually how doors being opened is, is used then in scripture. Doors being opened is primarily as opportunity for the gospel. And look with me in, uh, let's see, where's the passage? In, in, I'm in the wrong side here. In 1 Corinthians chapter 16, We see an example of Paul describing an open door. Starting in verse 8. 
He's talking to the church in Corinth, and he's, he's just talking about practical next steps of, of where he's going to go, what he's going to do, and he says, but I will stay in Ephesus until Pentecost, for a wide door for effective work has opened to me, and there are many adversaries. That's not an easy door. It's quite the opposite. It's a door to engage in battle. He's saying the opportunity has been opened to me to engage in the battle of the mission of Christ Jesus. There are many adversaries, but the opportunity is there. God has opened the door. I am going to stay here and engage in that battle. I'm going to take that opportunity. So as we're praying for open doors, don't expect that's going to be opening doors that are easy. It's going to be opening doors of opportunity. That's what we need to pray for. He says, at the same time, pray also for us that God would open to us a door for the word to declare the mystery of Christ on account of which I am in prison, that I may make it clear which is how I ought to speak. See, he, he sees his need for prayer. That, that he would have boldness, that he would be clear in what he says. And, it, and that's something that we need to be encouraging each other and lifting each other up in prayer, that even as those opportunities are made, that then God would give us boldness to declare the mystery of Christ. God would give us words to make that clear, to communicate that clearly. Just as Paul asked for prayer, I asked for prayer from you all for me. The same thing, that God would open doors for opportunity to share the gospel, that he would give me. You realize as a pastor, God called someone who's not great with words, who's not comfortable speaking in front of people. That's me. The only reason that this is effective as a ministry is because God then gives me what to say, gives me courage to say it, and helps me to make that message clear. It's only through him that that's made possible. And so I pray for you, and I I ask that you pray for me that these things would be. All right, so we need to take our position, which is a position of prayer. We need to make our requests Steadfast, continuing to make those requests. And then finally, we need to be ready to act. God's going to answer that prayer. God's going to answer the prayers of those around us who are praying that God would give us an opportunity. If that scares you, praise the Lord. Because it's not in our own strength, it's not in our own power that we're going to be effective in acting in those opportunities. So if you feel timid, if you feel fearful, praise the Lord and say, Lord, I am dependent on your strength to do what you have for me in this. So he says, uh, look with me in verse five, walk, church, walk in wisdom toward outsiders, making the best use of the time. Let your speech always be gracious, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how you ought to answer each person. Are we making the most of the time? 
right now. Uh, this is a unique time. 2020, it will go down in history. What is his church doing in this time? There will be unique opportunities in this time that won't exist in another time. And as we pray for God to open doors of opportunity, he will answer those prayers. Are we ready to act when he does? I don't know what that looks like. It's going to be different. It's very difficult right now. Not only do we deal with what's already been a cultural isolation where people put up a front and you can't really get to know people, but now that's, there's a face mask added to it. I can't even tell the expression on someone's face because they've got a, a face mask on. That's just distancing us more from each other. How do we break through that to love people and to carry the, the gospel to those who need it? Only God can do that. So we ask him and he will. But are we ready to act when he does? And just as important as if we are ready to do that is the manner in which we do that. The manner in which we, we are acting. See, that's what's, what's here. He says, walk in wisdom towards outsiders. There's, there's understanding there. And as we looked at in Colossians earlier, wisdom is the wisdom of God, which is different than the wisdom of man. So the wisdom of man seems good. It's clever. It, it seems like, yes, this is going to work. But the wisdom of God is dependent on the power of God. It's, it's wrapped up in the character of Christ. Love and patience. So walk in wisdom, understanding from, from God's perspective. Wisdom towards outsiders, making the best use of the time. Let your speech always be gracious Seasoned with salt. What does it mean, seasoned with salt? That has to do everything with how we interact with those around us. The manner in which we are acting, responding to the doors that God opens. Gracious, seasoned with salt, with respect, with love and kindness. See, the... The gospel that we carry is not this blunt object that we're swinging around hoping to knock some people into the kingdom of God. That's not the gospel. The gospel also isn't this scary monster that we got to bring out every once in a while and we're afraid of what it's going to do to all of our relationships. No, that's not the gospel either. The gospel has been given to us. Living, breathing, human beings who have been made alive in Christ now have been given the gospel which is life and light just as it's been life and light in our own lives to take to people, to meet people right where they're at. And, and with boldness and clarity to speak the truth but to do it seasoned with salt, gentleness, Grace, respect, understanding where they're at, using words to speak in the manner that they are going to understand. Potentially, a long relationship will lead first before you're able to speak well into that. Seasoned with salt could, could, could mean everything from a close relationship to perhaps like, like Paul in Acts 26 as he stood in front of King Agrippa. And the king, 
He said, you have permission to speak for yourself. And Paul right there addressed King Agrippa in the way that that made sense. If you read it, you can see he's very much targeting King Agrippa as his audience. To the point that the king says, are you going to try to make me a believer? Paul says, I would that all would become as I am. That needs to be our heart. But you notice here, it says, so that you may know how you ought to answer each person. This is primarily what the door of opportunity looks like. They are asking you for an answer. See, see if I'm answering, that, that assumes then that there is an interaction. If someone is asking a question of me and I am now answering, just as Paul in front of King Agrippa was answering the question, you have permission to speak for yourself. He's on trial there for what he had done in Christ. When you are given that opportunity, whether it's someone asking you, why are you different in the midst of COVID-19? Or you're standing trial for being a Christian. That's something we don't have to deal with in the United States today. Who knows, maybe someday. Are you ready to give an answer? Are you ready to act speaking with grace, seasoned with salt? Look with me in 1 Peter chapter 3 and verse 15. Peter says, But in your hearts honor Christ the Lord as holy, always being prepared to make a defense to anyone who asks you for the reason for the hope that is in you. That's the door of opportunity. Someone asking you for the reason of your hope. Why are you different? Why do you still have hope? Why are you thankful in the midst of what's going on? It says, yet do it with gentleness and respect. That's seasoned with salt understanding the one that I'm talking to, respecting where they're coming from, understanding how my words might not be understood well, and so I've got to explain myself. Soldier of Christ Jesus, take your position. Take your position to be in prayer with watchfulness and thanksgiving. Soldier of Christ Jesus, Make your requests. Request that God would open doors for those around you. Lift up those that are in the battle around you. They need your prayer. Finally, be ready to act. Be a soldier who's ready to engage with the love of Christ. It's a battle where what we bring is light and love. You guys can come on up to worship. Church, God is not done with the city of Kyle. If you're watching us from another city, God is not done with your city. He's not done working yet. The mission to save the lost, just as Christ came to the earth to save sinners, continues in your city and around you, even in this time of COVID-19. And you are a part of it. You're a part of his plan. Let's worship the Lord knowing 
He is leading us in the battle. You're the God of this city. You're the King of these people. You're the Lord of this nation. You are. You're the light in this darkness. You're the hope to the hopeless. You're the peace to the restless. You are. But there is no one like our God. There is no one like you, God. Greater things have yet to come. Greater things are still to be done in this city. Greater things have yet to come. Greater things are still to be done in this city. the Lord of creation, the creator of all things. You're the king above all kings. You are. You're the strength in my weakness. You're the love to the broken. And you're the joy in the sadness. You are. There is no one like our God. There is no one like you, God. Greater things have yet to come. Greater things still to be done in this city. Yeah. Greater things have yet to come. Greater things still to be done in this city. Greater things have yet to come. Greater things are still to be done in this city. Yeah. Greater things have yet to come. Greater things are still to be done here. 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 There is no one like our God. There is no one like you, God. There is no one like our God. Singing, there is no one like you, God. Let's sing it out loud to the Lord. Singing, there is no one like our God. Yeah, there is no one like you, God. Singing, there is no one like our God. 
there is no one like you, God. Greater things have yet to come. Greater things are still to be done in this city. Greater things have yet to come. Greater things are still to be done in this city. Greater things have yet to come. Greater things are still to be done in this city. Greater things have yet to come. Greater things still to be done here 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 God, thank you that you have your hands on this city. God, we trust that. God, that's, that's what we know we're called to. And God, we're trusting your strength. We're, we're trusting your provision. God, even that you are ahead of us, even now, in tomorrow, in the next day, in the next week, in the next month, in the next year, God, you are already preparing the way to reach this city. Padre, te damos gracias por, porque tú eres el que está en control. Porque tú eres el que tienes la, el control de todo lo que está pasando. Porque tú eres el que está alcanzando a la gente. Porque nosotros hacemos nuestro trabajo, Señor, pero en realidad eres tú el que, el que llega al corazón de la gente y lo, lo ablanda y lo entiernece para que te pueda recibir. Señor, te pedimos que nos dejes ser parte de eso. God, thank you for joining us into your mission, letting us be a part of it. God, to be in your care as your soldiers with your provision to accomplish your work, God, that's glorious and has eternal ramifications. God, thank you for allowing us to be a part of that. God, give us courage as we look to you for direction. Give us courage as you open doors. God, give us discipline to be good soldiers of Christ Jesus. Padre, Señor, te damos gracias por dejarnos ser parte de, de tu armada, de, de tu armada de soldados que vienen a traer tu palabra, Señor, que viene a dividir eh, lo que es tuyo y lo que no es tuyo, para que viene a dividir eh, la gente que que te conoce, de los que no te conocen pero te desean conocerte Señor te damos gracias por dar, darnos la oportunidad de ser gente que, que te honra y te ama y, te, y trae tu palabra a todos los hogares de, de, de toda la gente de todo, especialmente por estos medios que nos ayudan a llegar a los corazones a los hogares de toda la gente alrededor del mundo Padre te damos gracias por, a, por tomar cargo sobre esta armada por tomar cargo sobre sobre esta gente que, que, que te ama. And it's in the name of our Lord and Savior, our King, Jesus Christ. En nombre de nuestro Padre, Señor y Salvador, Jesucristo.
Amen. Amen. Amen.